What's good? Welcome to the podcast. Today is Friday, July 28th. You guys, the summer is two-thirds done. No! I'm so sad. I'm Andrew Renee, your so sad (laughs) podcast host. (laughs) Welcome to the show. I'm joined, as always, by my lovely panel of friends and co-hosts. This is Christine Steimer holding our, our brand new addition to the set. If you guys are watching the video... Steimer, yeah. hold that beauty up. It's real pretty. It says that's it? what she said. Uh, we where, found this this morning. Where did we get this? Called uh, Therapy. Therapy is the name ah, of the store. Nice. Uh, that's Brittany Brombacher. Hi. And Alexa Ray Korea. Hey. We're all back together. The band is reunited. We're here in the Bay. Mm-hmm. How do you feel, ladies? Hot. Hot. I was going to say very sweaty. warm. Yes. Sticky. So, Damp. like many of you around the country, we are feeling that summer getting heat here in the San Francisco Bay. But we're going to try to power through and talk to you about some video games anyway. And bef- but before we get to that, I want to give a big shout out and a thank you to one of our sponsors of the show, TakeThis.org. We are so grateful for them and their support, and we are looking forward to working with them at PAX West next month. But... Ladies, we ask this question every week. Did you know that one in four people in America deals with a mental health issue? That's 25% of the population. That is a lot of people out there. Maybe you deal with mental health issues or maybe somebody you know or care about deals with them. Talking about mental health symptoms is the fastest way to find hope and healing, but the stigma of mental health issues make a lot of people feel like they have to suffer in silence, which is never a good thing. It's bad. Don't suffer alone. Take this helps by letting people know that it's okay to not be okay. And there is help out there. Visit TakeThis.org for stories from people like you, advice from mental health care experts, and tips on how to help people that you love or care for who might be struggling. Take This is dangerous to go alone. So thank you to uh, our folks our, and friends, I should say, at Take This. Uh, please do go to their website if you have any questions at all about mental health. So um, I also have to plug our awesome Patreon page, patreon.com slash what's good games. When this comes out, it'll be just at the end of the month. If you guys listen to our show, if you appreciate what what we do and you would like to see more from us, it would really help us out if you could become a patron of What's Good Games. We would really love for you to join our community there. We have all kinds of fun, exclusive content. We did two exclusive streams. Streams this week at the time of recording the show. We haven't done those streams yet, but man, we have some fun stuff planned. Yeah, buddy. Oh boy. It's going to be exciting. <laughs> and you know what else would help us out? 
is if you could subscribe to this podcast, even if you watch the video version or maybe you listen to the audio somewhere else, if you could subscribe on iTunes or Google Play or whatever podcast service you listen on, SoundCloud, it would really help us out a lot if you could leave a review or leave a rating. Uh, we would really appreciate that. So thank you so much again for all of your support. Uh, ladies. Yes. There is some news this week, which we're going to get to. There is. We have some, we're going to have a pretty lengthy hands-on section this week as well. Um, Alexa Ray and I got to go to a preview event. For we did. A Guns Up Bethesda game, which we're going to talk about. Um, but there was also a bunch of games that came out. So I think the summer lull is starting to go down. And now it's going to be games, games, games from now mm-hmm. until like November. Great. So. Uh, first story, which you guys were talking about. Wait, did you have something else to add? <laughs> no, I was just like, great. Like, it's a bad thing, but it's not a bad thing. Why it's is just, it a bad thing? No, it's not a bad thing. It's just I want to play everything. And there's not enough I try time. To, I try to play everything as it comes out because I want to stay current and I want to, like, get in the hype and be able to talk to everyone about it ASAP. But I don't have that time. So it's like, eh. Like, for example, like, Pyre came out last week and I've only been able to play like, three hours of it. I just want to dunk people. <laughs> yes spiritually Pyre dunk people excellent but yeah i need to spend more time with that myself we'll get to that in just a moment but first up final fantasy 15 had an announcement of their multiplayer expansion it's going into closed beta which begins soon so from GameSpot, players who've purchased the game's 25 dollar season pass have either a ps plus or xbox live gold subscription will be able to sample the comrades dlc next week <laughs> I'm sorry. Did well, you need to slurp, slurp your drink in the middle of my story reading? <laughs> I'm angry. I'm angry drinking. That was an angry slurp. <laughs> you was a slurp of protest. <laughs> that was a slurp of dismay. So you continue. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Don't choke, joking. It's okay. Okay. So as I was saying before, I was rudely slurp. Interrupted? Does that work? I missed you guys. <laughs> no. Slipped interrupted. <laughs> the Comrades DLC will be available uh, for uh, closed beta August 3rd through the 8th. It, the expansion is a cooperative multiplayer mode for the. Um, I was going to read this as it is critically acclaimed RPG. No, no. Okay. <laughs> I don't know why that's in the copy. I mean, it was. I'm not, I'm not trying to say it wasn't, but players will be able to create their own avatar, which they can use to take part in quests with up to three other players the full expansion are you okay i'm hot i'm hot i'm good are you having a hot flash i'm having a hot hot flash flash. the full expansion (laughs) will also feature an array of new weapons and sigils with uh different (laughs) attack patterns as well as single player quests that can be undertaken with three ai party members closed beta offers a limited sampling of features uh from the Full version and participants can save up to eight avatars and customizing them with elements limited to the test version, according to the game's official website. <laughs> but why, though? Oh, so this is the question why? we're asking ourselves. Crying. She's- why? <laughs> okay, so our resident, okay. resident Final Fantasy okay, experts okay, no. there on the end of the couch oh, are losing their shit. Oh my god! Oh, we're good. Pull it oh together, ladies. Pull it together. <laughs> okay. <I'm> so mad. <laughs> You're so mad you're crying. Okay, so I'll mad. compose. Okay. You, you would go first. You're not, com- neither of you. Don't forget to talk into composed. your microphone. That's important. And professional. Pretty good. <laughs> um, the, the issue, sorry, my microphone's kind of tilting, so I have to hold it up a little bit. Uh, the issue I'm having, and I think the same issue Alexa is having, is that out of all the possible content uh, we as Final Fantasy 15 fans would want, 
uh, we don't not, we do not want multiplayer. I think if we had gotten the full story experience that we had hoped and dreamed about, this would be like, ah, you know, it doesn't make a lot of sense, but okay. But the fact that we're getting this instead of some much, are you laughing? Again? Why is there multiplayer in a Final Fantasy okay. game? Because <laughs> that's what all the, that's what all the publishers not, want these days. No, right? everybody no, has to have it's multiplayer. Not the, it's not the death knell, but I understand a lot of companies are like, oh, multiplayer means longevity. Uh, Brittany, you hit it on the nose. We were expecting like a little bit more experience with the story and like they're adding DLC and like they've been polling us for months. What kind of content do you want to see? So they have this long DLC plan. So they're like, do you want, you know, Luna playable? Who's like the female lead who is there (laughs) or is not there (laughs) or is not there. Um, Do you want to see more playable characters? Do you want to see more cutscenes about certain characters journey? And they've been asking us what we want forever. And I know they mentioned that it was getting multiplayer, like, I think last year, and they didn't say anything about it, and I was hoping they forgot it. I do not understand why this game needs multiplayer. It doesn't need multiplayer. I don't care. I don't want to be Alexa Ray in Final Fantasy XV. I want to play my Final Fantasy game like God intended with a story that you play that is a story that is not me running around <laughs> with my... Like, it's basically... That's what Final Fantasy XIV is for. And the, the, the patch notes and the way that they make this sound where you gang up with other players and go on quests just sounds like it just sounds like it's there to be there also i'm laughing Brittany and i are laughing because the 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 notes for what's coming in this update are just ridiculous yeah read us some of them okay so (laughs) all right so in the full version it says you will be able to explore quests with storylines as well as single player quests join up to three other players online with a subscription to playstation plus blah 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 uh, and then in the test version, it just says choose from one of three quests with up to three legs to each quest. So it's just not, I don't even know if they know what's coming. What is a leg, though? Oh, and not only that, and then they have, it, it, what, what, what are you pointing at, Simon? The encounter more cooks and enjoy a wider range of meal-based boosts. Right, and I, and I feel like, let me know if I'm wrong, Alexa, this is the first time that we're getting like concrete details on what you'll be able to do with this multiplayer expansion. And this, this is... is the worst possible way that I feel like you could deliver this information. I got a press release and there was a link in there and I clicked on it. And it's this kind of like side by side comparison, no visuals, no nothing. And it's really hard to kind of like soak in information that way. So I've read this thing probably three or four times and I still have like little to no clue (laughs) over what we're getting. Right. Also, I don't want it. I don't want it. Like, I don't know. Like you said it earlier. Like I don't, I don't play Final Fantasy because I want to be in a multiplayer thing running around like that, the appeal of that game and the thing that all of us, I think maybe you can agree with me are holding on to is that, uh, that additional story content that more coming because I love like you and I love the main game, but there's so much left undone and so much left unsaid. And we've gotten bits and pieces of that in the Gladio DLC and the Prompto DLC. Why is there multiplayer? Why is there multiplayer coming? Why is the, why? Um, I don't know. Alexa, no b- b- one b- b- here can answer that question for you. I know, you. but I feel like so if I shout about, loud enough. Don't don't shout. Our poor unnamed producer is wearing headphones. Don't shout. Don't shout. Uh, so the too long <laughs> didn't read. Crying, you guys. <laughs> too long like, didn't read version. Uh, not sure this is something we really want. Alexa is definitely sure this is not something she wants. No. But, uh, you know, let's try to keep an open mind. 
and see what happens. We can we can run around as Alexa and Brit together. We can. Yeah. You said you you but, didn't talk about the Avatar creation. Didn't Jesus you have like Christ. those little notes about that? Yeah. Okay. So ultimately, the goal of this is that you'll be able to play as Prompto, Iggy, Gladdy, and Noctis in the multiplayer expansion. But up and but up until that point, that's going to come in the final version. You'll be able to create and be up to eight avatars at once. <laughs> yes. Not at once, but you can Wording. play with three to three of up to three other people. And so, yes, Timer, you can create yourself in the world of Final Fantasy 15 and run around and do your thing. Uh, again, well, this is going to have to be a video yep. then that we do. It's going to have to be a video. We're going to have just, to make ourselves our uh, likenesses in, in is Final it, Fantasy. It said you can make different avatars, but is there an actual character creation tool? Or do you know? Okay. I'm assuming. No. But, or is it say. like here you can be one of these different pre-made things? All right, I got you. I really like their old wrinkly guy uh npc model. i can't wait to be an old wrinkly man okay so you can customize avatars with elements limited to the test version and then in the full version uh unlock customization elements with item purchases at outposts and quest rewards updates will add even more elements again that doesn't really explain what anything is or how it's going to work could so, be anything who knows yeah, yeah, yeah so i mean i think we've covered it that's how we feel Fair. all right you don't want it. We know. I know, but of all the the stuff coming and like all the it. stuff they're working on, I just don't. I'm just totally confused because this feels definitely, definitely shoehorned in. The one thing that game does not need is multiplayer. Well, maybe this is something that um, they are looking at other franchises that have added multiplayer mm-hmm. that have benefited oh, yeah. from it. So potentially what they're trying to do is because obviously there hasn't been a, like a standalone Final Fantasy game in many years. They know that the gaming landscape has changed. They know that the audience is really attracted to multiplayer experiences. Perhaps there's a lot of new players that they've seen in the pool of people who have played Final Fantasy 15 that have expressed a desire for multiplayer. So maybe you don't want multiplayer. Maybe hardcore Final Fantasy fans like you who have been playing the series for many years don't want this. But maybe new people who perhaps Final Fantasy 15 was their first Final Fantasy. Maybe those people are like, hey, I would be into that. Let me try that out. Those people could exist in a world but like, that we live in. What's next? Cart racing? I mean, like, <laughs> I mean, why not? Chocobo cart racing. They're already in a car. Let's just race them. But um, I mean, now you're talking sense, Alexa Ray. <laughs> <laughs> right. I feel like that would make more sense than multiplayer, though. The only um, thing I find weird about it is like, like you said, it seems like they're doing it, you know, for longevity. And like, isn't this already a really long game? Like, how much? Oh yeah. How much you, longer like, do you want people to play this thing for? You mean like longevity, as in shelf people life coming back? No, I mean, yeah, I, I know, but I'm back. saying like, come on now. Like the there's a reasonable expectation that people will stop playing your game at some point, unless right. you're World of Warcraft. <laughs> I think for me, like I said earlier. I don't I'm excited to run around in Final Fantasy 15 with the three of you. I think that could we could have a lot of fun memories made from that. What's disappointing just to sum all this up is that I feel like there's so much more story I want that uh was felt a little bit rushed or right. kind of just brushed over in the main campaign. And so it's just a little upsetting that they're focusing on this multiplayer stuff instead of um some main story elements that I would like to see more details on. Now maybe it's coming, we don't know, but uh we haven't really heard anything besides the uh, individual DLC. I mean, no. what, what? What we'll it, see what, how why? it goes. 
Hi, Prompto. Jesus Christ. Uh, is that the right name? Yes. 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 Prompto Elias. Wow. <laughs> okay. Well, um, before we get any more sweaty, Andrea, we should move on. Yeah, that's fine. Before I get angrier, go ahead. <laughs> you ladies are like worked up right now. You're very passionate. Okay. Um, so our next story, The Sims 4 comes to consoles in November. I totally called this. I feel vindicated. This was part of my E3 predictions. Now, it didn't happen at E3. We're close enough. Which We're a month out. Yeah, we might as well be. So from Polygon, they say The Sims 4 will make its console launch on PlayStation 4 and Xbox One on November 17th. It launched on Windows PC back in 2014, and The Sims 4 will be the first console release for the main franchise since The Sims 3 launched on PS3 and Xbox 360 and Wii in 2010. So this game will deliver periodic game updates and additional content releases after it launches for console, uh, according to EA. And those who pre-order it will get the perfect Perfect patio stuff pack. Ooh, patio. That includes outdoor hot tubs for sim living, among other things. Um, A deluxe party edition adds even more outdoor accoutrements and will be delivered on November 14th. Subscribers to EA Access on Xbox One can play The Sims 4 for free from November 9th to November 17th, and their progress will carry over to the main game should they choose to purchase the full title. So, Stimer. Yeah, hi. You stream The Sims. How are you excited about this, or do you not care? I mean, I haven't even gotten a chance to play The Sims Four because I've I keep hearing it's not that good in comparison to the older ones. Um, that being said, I will probably try it on consoles because I played I played Sims Three on both my PC and my um, Xbox. I think and the three sixty, the three sixty. Yeah, yeah. And I um. I had to go back to PC because there were hacks. <laughs> hacks, right? And so, like, there was an apartment living thing, and on the box, it shows that you can put a hot tub on your balcony in, like, a high-rise, but you can't actually do that in the game unless you hack it. What the shit? Huh? You have to that's ha- not fair. hack whore. Anyways, that's, that's a tangent. Fair. But yes, I will play this. I'm, ex- I'm glad it's coming to consoles. Um, mostly, and this is a dumb reason, and I- I'm anti this for most thing so this is hypocritical and i'm aware of that but chivos yeah that gamer <laughs> score gotta get it i'm like mm, might as well get some right if i'm gonna play this game I don't yeah know. no that hustle is real a lot of people <laughs> buy games i mean there was a story about that game that came to the playstation network that was called five star easiest trophy five star platinum something i don't remember what the name of it was but it um the whole point of the game was like it's this is the easiest platinum you can get um so clearly you're not alone yes. there are people out so, there so stammer yeah hi how many sims have you killed in your day oh good portion uh in <laughs> fact one of the past streams i did this year i went through i was trying to do a um what they call it like a black widow sort of a, a sim where she would go marry a rich guy and then kill him <laughs> off uh and like rinse repeat although it was a, it was a, it was a man it was a hot dude trying to get hot ladies Wait, what do they call them? Uh, no, that's not the... I can't remember. What is the term? Well, gold digger, basically. Uh, it was uh, the gold digger ter- uh, thing. I called her... A, I just called her a black widow. But that's but not... No, 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 no that, that's right. Yeah? You like... Like a, a woman black who marries widow, the guy baby. and then kills him. Yes, and but then I, she's I, the, yeah. I did the spin and it was a dude. But yes, it's a similar concept. There are a similar animal that... Also, a male animal that kills its mate after I think mating. it's mostly females. females. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure it's always it's all, the females. The females. <laughs> okay. The female of the species is more deadly Learn than male. something new all every right. day, Alexa. Um, okay. I love that you have a, you have a Sims diamond. So I want to know, what was yeah. your favorite way to kill your Sims? Did you lock them in a doorless room? Um, 
I, I experimented. So drowning is the easiest and fastest. Um, and the least, and it has the least amount of damage (laughs) to your property. Okay. Because you can also choose to have them leave an open fire unattended and eventually things will catch fire and you can sort of trap them in, in, in a, in a fire room and then remove all the doors and be like, lols, (laughs) enjoy. Um, which I did for one person because they were just an awful character. They were just mean, like they were just picking fights with everybody but don't like, you control your characters they have traits oh so okay. i initially picked them to be sort of awful but i didn't predict how awful they would be um so like i would give them like one or two positive traits and then i i threw in some more negative traits <laughs> and it just turned out real bad like people would be like we're having a great time and then i'll not really punch you because you don't punch in the sims but it would be like all of a sudden i'm being really mean to you and you're just crying and you're like what the hell is going on it was yikes i and had sims some very talk. some very um, <laughs> up and down sims oh god simlish i do like that they made carrie katie perry sing in sim Simlish for that expansion pack that she did for sims 3 oh, that's cool and there's behind the scenes video and it's just the funniest thing to me to see somebody like legitimately singing in simlish and she's taking it seriously <laughs> Perfect. I don't know who could produce should, that. I haven't I haven't heard that, but I would like to. I'll show you later. Thanks. We shall look it up. All right, moving on to our next story. Nintendo touts 4.7 million Switch units sold. From where? Could have sold some more if you produced them. From Game Informer, this morning Nintendo releases financials for the three-month period ending in June on June 30th, with the company announcing that 4.7 million Switch units have been sold worldwide. The company also broke down its software to date. The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild at 3.92 million units. That's Mario incredible. Kart 8 Deluxe close behind at 3.54 million. 1-2 Switch. This is surprising. How many copies do you think 1-2 Switch sold? 2 million. 1.2 million. Steimer? I can't. I've, I've already looked at this. So Price I is right. Lying. All right. 1.22 right. million. Brittany wins. Uh, arms at 1.18 million. And in total, all Switch software sold tallies up to 13.6 million units for the system. So uh, these successes, along with the sales of other hardware, software, and mobile income, means that Nintendo is on track to meet its forecast for the fiscal year. Well, congratulations, Nintendo. I'm glad that you're having a great year. We, of course, have talked about several Nintendo games here on the show. We will continue to talk about them. Obviously, Splatoon 2 just came out last week. Um... What do you guys think about this news? Do you think that this is impressive? Do you think it's exciting, or do you think they ha- still have a ways to go to catch up? Um, where- I mean, it would be ni- it would have been nice. They could have sold more. Where did I the switches come from? What do you mean? Where did they come from? The Lost Land. Of well, magic. I think they easily could have, you know, made thirty percent more, potentially thirty to fifty percent more in sales if right. they actually had units available for sale. Like, it's hard it. to sell things there's that you a don't lot, have. There's a lot of people that still can't find switches. Yeah, the amount of people that I complained about. Not like I'm obviously like very happy that the console's taking off. It's a great console. It's super smart. I love mine. But given the amount of people that have complained about not being able to get one, I'm sort of surprised the number's that high. Yeah. Well, I mean, this is worldwide. Remember, this is worldwide. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In general, so like the availability of switches varies territory to territory. Um, And here in the United States, obviously, they're difficult to come by. But um, I haven't heard of the shortages being, you know, 
particularly terrible in other regions, but perhaps I'm wrong. If you guys are listening and you're a fan of ours and you live abroad in a different part of the world and you have a better read on what the Switch inventory is like in your area, please let us know. I am a fan, um, however, of the show. But in Japan, I have heard (laughs) that uh, I was reading an article and I guess it's really, really bad in Japan right now to get a Switch. Um, People are lining up just for an opportunity to be entered into a raffle to get a Switch. Oh, um, like thousands of people. Like if you just like Google it or look online, Alexa, maybe you've seen the same pictures I have. Just people just in massive lines just waiting for an opportunity to be entered into a raffle to maybe get a switch. Well, in Poland, you can just walk into a store and buy one. So see, it's different Poland. everywhere. <laughs> yeah. Also, they're not they're not um, their region locking is different than the past. So you can like play a Japanese game on it. So I guess it doesn't matter what. Territory region you buy it in? Yeah. yeah. Well, that's good. Because it does matter what region you buy the SNES Classic. Um, so <clears throat> they had a little bit of a kerfluffle with these this week. So um, the UK had pre-orders up for the SNES Classic, which have already sold out. But at least you could pre-order the version <laughs> that they are getting uh, overseas. Here in the United States, no one has had pre-orders available until Walmart put up pre-orders on their website last Friday night. We were at, was it Saturday? Friday or Saturday. We were at San Diego Comic-Con, John and I, and we were sitting at the bar having dinner before going to IGN's event. So it must have been Friday. It was Friday. Um, it was, and yeah. I got like a text PM? from a friend of the show, Neha, and she was like, girl, switch, or she's like, SNES Classic pre-orders are up on Walmart. Here's the link. Go, 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 go. So I immediately tried the link we were able to successfully place three pre-orders for snes classics was super excited about it told brett i got got her one saved her one one of the pre-orders and this week representatives from walmart came out to say sorry guys there was a glitch let me read you the email a glitch in the matrix a glitch in our system we were not supposed to put our pre-orders live So the email that we got canceling our order says, thank you for your interest in the Super Nintendo Entertainment System Classic Edition. As you are aware, this is a highly sought after console that will launch later this fall. Unfortunately, due to a technical glitch, the Super Nintendo Entertainment Classic Edition was mistakenly made available last Friday evening ahead of the official release date. (laughs) We regrettably will have to cancel this item on your order. We know that this is incredibly disappointing to you and we're truly sorry for this mistake. In regards to the cancellation of this item, if you paid by credit card, your card has not been charged. Any authorizations placed on hold of your account will automatically expire in accordance with the card issues policy. Mm, That doesn't seem very fair. I do hope you'll give us another chance to earn back your business. Nope, I mean, nope, I will nope, buy nope. it from I'll buy it from anywhere. Listen, if it comes on sale for a pre-order again at Walmart, yeah. you bet your bottom dollar I'm going to put another <laughs> pre-order down. But this was monumentally disappointing. So how do you feel about this, ladies? I mean, it's not surprising. Right. I mean, it came. It was very, very random. And Nintendo said, we're not doing pre-orders. And then all of a sudden, like, random Friday night, Walmart's like, hey, guys, look what we have. And uh, I... Yeah, I guess it's just not surprising. The very next day, I was entertaining my fiance's parents at the time, and so I completely missed the entire thing. And I was like near tears because, as everyone probably knows, I really want to get one for my grandma, and that one was going to go to my grandma. Um, and the next day, I was doing some Twitter sleuthing, and people were already already getting cancellations at that point. So, not surprising, but still, like you said, monumentally disappointing. 
Yeah, it's it's frustrating because I'm not quite sure why they're not doing pre-orders for it yet. I mean, I I get that the demand is you know very high. I would I would think that they would want an idea of how many people are looking for these systems. Right. But maybe that's what this was. Well, it's a good test. It's but, but, so some test. people have theories about Secret that, right? Test. So maybe they were testing the waters to maybe go to Nintendo. Maybe somebody at Walmart's like, listen, Nintendo. Don't make us slap you. The people want this thing. You can't shortchange us on units. We, we saw what happened with the NES Classic. Let's not do this again. Or maybe it was, maybe Nintendo hasn't released pre-orders here in the United States and other territories because they're like, we honestly don't know how many units we're going to be able to produce. Potentially they're waiting on a specific part. That was, you know, a theory or, you know, a reason why Nintendo Switch wasn't available widely because they were waiting on a specific part that was being used from the same factory as Apple, I think, was making um, components yeah. from, and so they didn't have enough. And so, like, maybe that's why. Maybe they just don't know how many pre-orders they're actually going to have, and so they're not going to do it. But but then, how are they doing it in the UK? It's a different unit. It's it's a it's not it's the same. Built differently. Yes, it's. Uh, I'll show you a photo of the UK version. It's different. If anything, I know I it looks like, different. I just imagine the components actually being the same. I and hope the, and the guts. I would have to imagine the guts are pretty close to the same, if not identical. But yeah, um, yeah. I, so here is what it looks like. I hope Nintendo paid attention though, because this is a really good way for them Ooh. to be like, oh. Yeah. These many people want one. Maybe we should make sure there's more than that. So I hope Nintendo sees those numbers and gets a hand on those <clears> numbers. Because, again, maybe not an intentional test, but I feel like this is a pretty good way for them to estimate. Well, I mean, look at what happened with the NES Classic editions that came online this week. So I was live on Kind of Funny Games Daily when the news broke. We were on air on live on Twitch when uh, I got a breaking news alert about uh, the NES Classic being back in stock on ThinkGeek.com. Whoa. It, it was back in stock specifically in these swag bundles. So what ThinkGeek did was they said, hey, we just happened to find some random NES Classic laying around. So they packaged them with a bunch of other ThinkGeek swag that you can get. You know, the Piranha Plant Puppet, the Zelda Backpacks, Zelda Tumblers, Mario Puzzle, Tetris Light, all kinds of like video game stuff. There was like I think six or seven different swag bundles. So they ranged in price from $140 up to $220, depending this mega man helmet that I have was packaged in one of the bundles. Um, but you could only get the console if you bought the bundle with all the swag in it. So you oh. bet I bought one. So I was very excited to get one because I never got one in the initial run, but that sold out in less than an hour. Jeez. Like think geek put up the message. Everyone bum rushed their website, crashed their website. Their engineers thankfully got it back up and running very quickly, but they sold out within an hour. I mean, and that is for the console that came out over a year ago. Well, a little oh, less than a year ago. Yeah. I'm surprised I didn't hear about that at all. This is the first time I'm hearing about this. Dang. Yeah. What the heck? Yeah. I mean, because if you blinked, like you missed it. Yeah. Like they were online and then they were offline. And if I hadn't been live talking about the news in that moment with my computer open monitoring Twitter, I probably would have missed it too. That's crazy. <sighs> yeah. It I'm, was nuts. I'm trying to remain optimistic that Nintendo won't screw this one up. Nintendo, I love you. I just don't understand you sometimes. But I'm giving you the benefit of the doubt. Yeah. It's it's frustrating, but um, 
we have word now that the N64 is getting a, a, a classic too. So <gasps> the the leak of the uh, well, that one I want <laughs> the patent want. trademark. Uh, um, before we, I don't know if we're moving on now, but I want to talk briefly about Pokemon coming to the Switch. Yeah, no. This isn't. This isn't anything. This is your weekly Pokemon RPG exactly. Switch update. That's no. exactly what that this is because this is not significant news. But during their financial report, uh, Nintendo said that Pokemon Switch will be coming in 2018 or later, which we all know means, means later. later, later, later. 2020. If it's here by 2020, I'll be ecstatic. But it'll be 2020. Yeah, that'll be the year after. You think so? 2021. If they've been working on it. No, if they've been working. Or you the mean the year prior, before? If they've been working on it already, and they're like, "Oh, Beach Dubs are working on a core Pokemon RPG," like. So it's got to be either next year or 2019. Oh, okay. So I don't, th- I don't think they'd wait that long. Okay. Absolutely not. Well, that would be miserable way, if they I'm did. setting my expectations quite low um, just because I don't want to have my heart torn in two when it's like, hey, delayed to 2022. Like, you you know the feeling. Girl, it's okay. It's not Kingdom it's Hearts. Not Kingdom you Hearts. know the it's Kingdom okay. Hearts it's feeling? Gonna <laughs> it's going to be fine. Uh, so on this podcast, I will talk about any and all mentions of the Pokemon Switch RPG. That's all. Beep, this was the news. Oh, well, I mean, we, we thought about talking about the absolute mayhem that happened at pokemon go fan fest but by the time this podcast comes out that'll be pretty old news mm-hmm. everyone else has already covered it um but brit has been playing again so we'll talk about it uh in our our next segment so no need to touch on that if you guys somehow did not hear that pokemon fan fest kind of shit hit the fan um to put it mildly <laughs> it did they refunded the everyone's ticket the price fan. they gave people in game currency all, all in all it was bad they had to release the legendaries um release it, the legendaries yes it was, <laughs> what else can we do it was a release, hot, release the legendaries <laughs> who would have thought when you get like tens of thousands of people together in the same area that your cell phone won't work oh wait everybody who's ever been to a convention ever come on true get it yeah. together niantic Anyway, um, I think that's it for news this week. Ladies, did I, is there something else you want to talk about? Did I miss anything? I mean, obviously there was plenty of other news, but I think this is what we wanted to focus on. Got it. All right. Cool. Well, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to take a quick break. Clearly, Alexa's glass is empty. We must refill it for her. I need to slurp a little more. Uh, (laughs) Stay with us, everybody. We'll be right back. It's segment two of the What's Good Games podcast. Um, before we get into our hands-on portion of the show, I brought oh no <laughs> a copy of Kingdom Hearts Two by 
Alexa Ray Korea. Yeah, I did a thing. It's your book. <laughs> it's your book. It's my book. I did a book. So it- congratulations on becoming a published author, my friend. I Yay. know. I told myself when I was little, I wanted an ISBN number to my name before I was 30. An ISBN number being what marks you as like being a published author. And oh. I got one and I just turned 29. So it's perfect. You will, you autog- will you autograph yes. my book? Sign it. Yay! And it's extremely well. You, you could also write a add. heartfelt message to her if you're going want. to very quietly talk amongst yourself. If you guys are interested in reading Alexa Ray's book, you can purchase it on Amazon.com and a variety of other booksellers. Boss Fight Books are the people who publish it. She will also have copies with her at PAX West. We have a panel, which we talked about last week on the show, that's Saturday. September 2nd at 5 o'clock p.m. is when our panel is going to be. She's going to bring some copies, and she'll also be doing book signings throughout the weekend. I will. Um, So if you're going to be in Seattle at PAX West, please do uh, let us know. Come and find us. Yeah. Don't smudge it. that book. You also have a signing coming up, right, in San Francisco? Yeah. If you're in San Francisco, I will be at Green Apple Books on August 10th. I love Green Apple Books. Yeah. And I will be there with Chris Kohler. They just announced uh, Boss Fight just launched the Kickstarter for season four, which is next year's or this year's run of books and chris very good friend of ours um wrote a book about final fantasy 5 chris kohler chris kohler the uh uh not the actual final fantasy 5 game but he was involved when he was younger in the very weird very crazy fan translation community of final fantasy 5 and this was in a world before the internet became the internet that it is today so it was much harder to connect with people much harder to find translations and much harder to get that source material and um i i edited it I, I've read it already. It is hilarious, and it's really, really good. And he'll be, I believe, reading a portion of it at that um, at that uh, signing, and then that book comes out in October. Excellent. So please look forward to it. It's very good. But yes. yes, we love Chris Kohler. He's great. Um, well, congratulations Thank on um, all the success. We're very happy for you here. And, and don't forget about <laughs> us when you get, like, book famous, okay? Oh, my yeah. God. Someday when I'm, like, again, like, we were talking about this earlier, when I'm, like, decrepit and old and wrinkly, I'll write the, I'll write the what's good, the what's good memoir. <laughs> the true story. Ooh, true story. True story. On the other side, there was lots of drinking and burping. <laughs> there was so much drinking. So, so, much. so much burping, mostly from me. Yep. So um, much burping. No, we we all do our fair share of burping. You don't get to hog it all, Steimer. Oh, I'm not. I'm just today in particular. Yes. You're very yeah. burpy today. You are very gassy today. I said burpy, you said gassy. I was trying to be polite, but that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. So, <laughs> let's talk about some video games that we have uh, gotten hands-on with. So, Alexa- of gassy. <laughs> exactly. Alexa Ray and I got the opportunity to go to a press event that Bethesda held. They invited us to come and play Wolfenstein 2, the new Colossus. So, part of this was the build that we saw at E3, and then there was a new section um, to play as well. Alexa Ray, what did you think of your time with Wolfenstein 2. I really liked the wheelchair. So the, one of the demo sections was the wheelchair section. And I'm already not great at shooters. So being in a wheelchair made me even worse, which was great. But so I, this is at the very beginning the of the game. The very beginning of the game when so you're if in you a wheelchair. played Wolfenstein, The New Order, at the end of the game, um, BJ Blazkowicz is injured, um, but survives, obviously. They made a second one. And so he starts this game injured as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was a really interesting mechanic. So so how does it play? I like So you, you have to find uh, a certain elevator lift and get up there to reunite with another character. And you, in the wheelchair, you move like... 
you're in a wheelchair, you have the quick go forward as you roll your wheel and then you kind of slow down. And then it, are you a wheelchair raccoon? I'm a wheelchair raccoon. I love it. I was a wheelchair raccoon. BJ, the wheelchair raccoon. So you go really quick and then you stop. And it made me think the way that you move in that wheelchair makes you think a little bit differently about how you want to maneuver around these levels. And you can't, you can't, you can go downstairs, which is really fun. Unless like me, you kept falling out of your wheelchair and I'll get to that in a second. Um, or, and you, but, but you can't go back up because you're in a wheelchair. So you have to find lifts. So it makes you think before you, you know, ram down that staircase to shoot those Nazis that you see patrolling on the lower level. So you have to really, you have to really consider, well, will my movement allow this? Like, is it better if I just of like maybe sneak around them and avoid them or use, uh, there are these traps. You can, uh, turn on this electrical, uh, trap that will essentially liquidate any zombie that, or not zombie. Why do I say zombie? <laughs> Zombies, like Nazis, zombie same thing. damn thing. So <laughs> the not that the Nazis run through, they'll run at you, and there are these electrical nodes all around the outskirts of this hallway. And if they run through it, they just get completely liquidated. And you can either use that, and you can take down two or three of them at once if they're running at you, or you can hide behind cover and shoot. But again, you can't really move too quickly because you are in a wheelchair. I kept falling out of the wheelchair. Andrea, I don't know if you had this problem. I did not fall out of the wheelchair a single time. I I also only Ooh. went down one small flight of stairs. For oh. the most part, I just avoided the stairs altogether. How did you fall out of a wheelchair? I, went, I was going a little too hard in the, in, in, <laughs> in the wheelchair. There was one section where you're on a conveyor belt, and the conveyor belt helps you get to a higher level. And along the way, you have the opportunity to shoot some Nazis like you do. And we got close to the top and I turned to shoot and I guess I like went to move forward in a weird way. And not only did I fall out of the wheelchair, but both me as BJ and wheelchair fell down this conveyor belt, down, 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 and then onto the floor. And I actually shot the two Nazis on that floor from me on the floor. So I, w- I couldn't move because I'm on the floor. So I shot them and then I had to literally crawl to the wheelchair and pull myself back into it. And I really liked Wolfenstein's story, and I really liked the way that this this picked that up, and I really liked them making that the mechanic. You don't you don't wake up and BJ's like, oh, I'm totally whole again. I'm gonna go run around and shoot some Nazis. You're in this wheelchair, and I like when games do that. They throw a little bit of a wrinkle in there that's just enough of a wrinkle that you have to think a little bit differently about what you're doing, and you can't just run in guns blazing. I kept falling out of that wheelchair. It was I liked, great. I like that you fell out of it because I think you were just so overly confident after being wheelchair raccoon. Oh, yeah. That you were like, I got this. <laughs> I know how to handle this wheelchair. Well, and <laughs> BJ as a character is superhuman in a way. Very much. He's um, and he's incredibly powerful. And just for people wondering, this is not the whole game because the second part of the demo that we played, you have um, you're no longer in a wheelchair. You're standing up. <laughs> Wait, what? I said you have feet. Everyone laughed yeah. at me. Well, I mean, you, I mean, you, you have, always, you have feet, feet in a when wheelchair. You're in the wheelchair. They just are not you're a real working. boy. Um, and so he's back to normal BJ in the, in the second section that we played. And what I really loved about the first Wolfenstein and what, you know, Machine Games did with it was the graphics were beautiful. The storytelling was really unique. It kind of had that Pulp Fiction vibe. Mm-hmm. And the the world building really felt rich. And that's that's back. So mm-hmm. in this sec- second section, they show a little bit of uh, the demo that they showed at E3 where you are inside 
Joe's Diner. Uh, one of I the things we script. talked about at E3, one of my top five, or one of our top five favorite things from E3 was, my pick was the this replication of this diner that they had in the Bethesda booth, um, where this Nazi officer, this commandant, is getting a strawberry milkshake. And, you know, seeing the tension between him and the guy behind the counter, and how he comes up and approaches BJ, and is like, I don't I recognize you, because, like, your wanted posters are everywhere. Um you know, so we got to see this like little scene, but then we got to go, you know, behind enemy lines and really go through a very hectic um, oh, yeah. uh, combat situation where you're on a train, like a subway train. We we're taking these underground tunnels, trying to get to the what was that Oberkommando? Yes. I think it was called uh, this central place where a, a bunch of the Nazi leaders are. Um, carrying out their operations from in New Mexico by Area 51. So inside the United States, because the bulk of this game is set in the United States. And it was, um, it felt really good. Dual wielding is back. You can dual wield pretty much any weapon in the game, which is really crazy. Um, the difficulty levels in the first game are back. I picked uh, Daddy Don't Hurt Me, the little, the the one where I think he's got Daddy. Like, can I play like the baby version? The baby yeah, yeah. Because yeah. um, I wanted to just see as much of the level as possible and not have to worry about you know like dying over and over again. Oh, so that's a difficulty level. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I've never played yeah. Wolfenstein. So oh, I'm like, what, it's so what is funny. Okay. Yeah. It's like, and that's cute. The, well, I'm thinking of the original game when he the has little, the baby bonnet the baby and the bonnet. Oh, yeah. That's back. That's back. That's amazing. Um, and it, it felt really great. I mean, I don't think it feels like very different from the first one. Like sometimes when people get a sequel, they really want a departure from the first game. And this, I mean, this isn't wildly different. It just feels really nice, very crisp, very refined, very smooth. Um, I really had a great time playing this game. I mean, I loved the first game. I'm definitely looking forward to when this game comes out, you know, later this fall, October, mm-hmm. I believe. My only issue with the reboot that came out before this one and I guess I don't necessarily think stealth when I think Wolfenstein, but the fact that they try and, and tout it as an option for you, and I found it just impossible. I was in a corner hiding un- in a dark, I was in a dark corner under a train, and some dude across the map somehow found me. And I was like, what? The- like, what? That's a no! Like, I'm sorry. I know BJ's a big guy, but no, like, I'm hiding. <laughs> I should be hidden or you should give me an indicator of some sort on screen to let me know when people are seeing me or aren't seeing like like Skyrim, you know, something like where there's the the eye and I can mm-hmm. I can tell when I'm in cover or when I'm not. Did they improve anything like that, Andrea? So from what I played, the quick answer is not that I've seen. No. Mm-hmm. So there is a more um, robust skill tree this time around. So you can you know, explore those options a little bit more in depth. I wouldn't ever call it an RPG in any sense. It still is very much a first-person shooter. Um, But there is a little bit of wiggle room to play with how you build your character out and kind of how you approach those situations. I did feel, even playing on easy difficulty, that stealth here is very much a you have to try really hard to be stealthy. Because, I mean, Wolfenstein, it's meant to go in guns blazing. I mean, that's really the, the intent way to play this game what they do have these so they do have these officers the commandants if you can sneak your way to them and take them out first that'll prevent them from calling an alarm to bring in you know more reinforcements but 
if you engage with even one person, the commandant calls the reinforcements right away. Even if you don't see that person like within your mm-hmm. vicinity, which I found a little frustrating. Mm-hmm. I was like, yeah. hey, if yeah. this guy shoots one bullet at me and I'm able to like dispatch him really quickly, how is it that the commandant knows that was right my away? one gripe from the so demo. maybe that becomes clear later in the game or earlier in the game that we just missed it, but about like maybe they have some kind of technology that mm-hmm. allows them to see kind of like the machines in Horizon Zero Dawn, where if you like hit one, they're the like watchers. a network, all oh, of yeah, them yeah. know. Um, so I don't, I don't anticipate that being the thing. I anticipate it no. being like the stealth is just not that just great. really right. hard. This is not a stealth game, and that's no. fine, except for the fact that they do say publicly, like you can play it that way, and like can you? Can, can no, you really? You can, I mean, like, I mean, I would, I would need to ask their team, but I'm pretty confident in saying you cannot stealth your way through Wolfenstein. You do not, not come way. to the Wolfenstein for the stuff. <laughs> no, you come in for the dual guns. And I'm totally on board with that. But there's just, there were certain sections where I wanted to be a little quieter. And I felt mm. like I really couldn't. Right. This is not so quiet. No, that's game. a fair criticism. I mean, you, this really is not a game that you can stealth through. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it is a little weird why they yeah. put it in then, if you really Yeah, can, that's kind of, but... that was kind of my thing. Like, why is this even so You can stealth through? your way through certain mm-hmm. parts of levels pretty easily. Other parts, it's like next to impossible. And like I said, once you tip off one guy, it's like the entire base is now gunning <laughs> for you. <laughs> They have the world's best radio system. One radio goes down and they all know someone's dead somewhere. Yeah, pretty <laughs> much. Um, so uh, that was our time with Wolfenstein 2, the the new Colossus. Uh, we also played a bunch of other stuff this week. Britt, mm-hmm. um, you have been playing some stuff. What would you like to talk about first? Uh, I've talked about Secret of Evermore in here a little bit. So not too much to say. It's still a great, fun game. Highly recommend that you play it. If you haven't, even though it's been out since 1995. <laughs> what are you doing? I'm on an old school. No, I don't know. What, what I don't, are you doing? Going, Have you met Brittany? This is what she does. I'm going through like a quarter life crisis. Like on my way here, I started Breath of Fire 2 on my 3DS. Dude, I don't know what's Dang, going on. girl. I don't know. I'm video game pregnant or something. It's weird. Um, what? 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 No, you know, like when you're pregnant, par- apparently when you're pregnant, things get out of whatever. I'm not going to go down this. Have you, maybe you've like. You're, is there like a time anomaly or something happening here? <laughs> I don't know. What's going on? I'm overwhelmed. Okay, so <laughs> what I will talk about is I, Alexa, I'm, I'm preparing for the side eye. Playing a lot of Pokemon Go. This is not surprising. They've, they've overhauled a bunch of the game. We've I talked about refrain. it here on the show. They've added, you know, the raid battles and other things. The legendaries are out, you know. Um, t- so talk about what got you back in. Uh, you know, I really don't have like nothing really specifically happened. It was just a nice summer day. And I think I was feeling kind of nostalgic from last summer when I would just do a lot of walking and spending money and playing Pokemon Go. And I was like, hey, it's 85. It's like a lot warmer in Washington than it is in here. And it's like 85 degrees uh, in Washington. I'm like, hey, you know, it's like last summer. Let's go play some Pokemon Go. So off Jason and I go to the boardwalk. And I think it was in February. They released 80 new Pokemon from Pokemon Gold and Silver. And... I can tell that the good thing is that they've added more Pokemon to the places like what Steimer? Can you get what? a Grubbish? No, I haven't seen oh, one of those. I'm wait, sorry. what did you call it? Isn't it called a Grubbish? It's it's Trubbish. Trubbish. Even sorry. I know that. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, was I was thinking garbage. I was thinking garbage. Thank God, Alexa just Trubbish gave and Garbador. No, 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 okay. it's okay. Yeah, thank you. But grubbish, I like that. Grubbish I like grubbish. Is garbage it's and rubbish rubbish. move together. As it's like their right. baby. It's As the resident rubbish. trash lady of this group, <laughs> you even wear a t-shirt. It's rubbish. You yeah. do. So uh, there's new Pokemon, which is great. And I did some of the raid battles. So we have a gym that's like just down the street from our house. So like a few times a day, we'll like open up the app and be like, okay, do we have an Articuno? Do we have 
anything else that's awesome there. And there was a Vaporeon, and it was like a 20,000 Vaporeon. A little CP, which is very, very high. Like, generally, you know, your Pokemon are about, like, a 1,000, and that's really strong. So this is obviously, like, built to be, like, taken down by a group of people. So off we go. You know, we're still in our pajamas. It's, like, 7.30 in the morning. So we drive down. Christ. Is anybody <laughs> still awake? You're driving down to play Pokemon Go in your pajamas. Yeah, because it's literally, like, a five-second drive once you're going, like, 50 miles an hour, which is the speed limit. It's a five-second drive down the road. And it's this tree farm. You live on the Autobahn? It's actually a major highway. And so we get there, and we're the only two there. And, you know, it's, we always embarrass ourselves because we've done this many times. Uh, we go there, and we take down this Vaporeon. And it was a simple uh, tap fest. Wait, so it's you and Jason. It's just me and Jason taking down, like, a 20,000 CP Vaporeon. And this okay. is our first raid battle, and we're like, can we do this? We're just two, two people. Pr- two people generally can't do a raid yeah. in any game, but and, they can do it in Pokemon you could. Go. But we could, and we did. And so what happens is you do the raid, and it's just your same tap fest. And after, So you pick your six Pokemon that you want to go into battle with. Yes, Timer. And you battle. And if your Pokemon faints, you can reboot. You can pick six new Pokemon. You can do that as long as you have a timer going. So we were able to do without going through any other new Pokemon. So we did it with our 12 total Pokemon. And then it's like, okay, so this is a 20,000 Vaporeon. Let's take away roughly 10%. Now you have a 2,000 CP Vaporeon. Go catch it, which really isn't that good. So anyway, we caught it. Yay. And then maybe later that afternoon or the next day, I can't remember, we went downtown and there was an Articuno raid, which is one of the legendary birds. That's the big one right now. That's the big blue. Yeah. And it was a CP like 37,000. And we're like, a we got this. Totally humbled. Ass Just the kicked. two of you? Just the two of us. Uh, destroyed. Completely and utterly destroyed. And did you put out a raid call or whatever they're, whatever it's called? I can't remember the specific term. Where it, where it like attracts other people. I, uh, you're thinking of Allure. And you put those on gyms. My no? sister was talking about... So my sister also still hardcore plays Pokemon yes, Go. Yes. And sister. she called me and started rambling about it. And I was just like... Oh my! Okay, I'm gonna record you when I when I come visit you. So I don't. About Pokemon I don't Go. know about the ability to put out a raid call. There was I, there like a are or there was something so, where yeah, she was yeah, talking yeah, yeah. about. Okay. She was annoyed. Okay, that so she one would of use the right. So one of the new things is that you can now swipe when you get to a gym, and you can get items from a gym. And I think that's new. I'm pretty sure that's new. And you get a raid pass. You get one free raid pass per day, and that's what allows you to partake in the raids. If you that's participate in a raid and you completely fail you have to buy another one i think it's like a dollar so uh there's no way in my knowledge in my knowledge to put out like hey guys we're about to take down an articuno help but there are a lot of facebook groups and i know this because after we got completely demolished within five minutes a freaking convoy about 13 to 15 people all pull up and they had been talking on a facebook group wait in like vans did they like pull up and like (laughs) jump out of a van no, got the Articuno no. guys. I Not love in this dance, visual. But in like sedans and shit. It was fantastic. So dance. And they're like, hey. Yeah, exactly. They're like, hey, are you guys going to take down this Articuno? We said, yeah, we tried and failed. They said, hi, you noobs, you can't do that. And that was word for word. They called you noobs. They called us How old were these people? And now this kid, to put things in perspective. Did you say, listen up, little bitch. I've spent a thousand goddamn dollars on this game. I'm not in a fucking 800, you. Andrea. 800, You know okay. what? It's more impressive if it's a thousand. If they were an actual kid, you'd be like, you would have, You don't even know the concept of that much money. No, no. He wasn't a kid. He was probably my age. Oh. Uh, Yikes. And this, yeah, this dude has caught already three Articunos. And I think, and this might be wrong. I'm sorry if I'm wrong. I think it's like a 2% chance of catching an actual Articuno. It might be a little higher than that. I've like, seen a lot of like people catching, catching them by them, throwing a Pokeball at them. It's not two percent. Maybe it's the other one that's or 2%. defeating them in the ring. What, the Loogie, yeah, okay. yeah, the Loogie. Because someone did Wait, data is mining. Is called Loogie? 
no, I'm no, it's Lugia. L- L- Lou the Lou thing, the guy from Pokemon Silver. I'm totally brain farting on the legend. Yeah, no, it is. Is that, oh, wait, yeah. is that the one from the movie? The I second movie? It. Maybe. I saw the I don't Pokemon know. Anyway, movie. so the 2% is probably not right, but I read. I thought I had read somewhere that data miners had found that it's a really, really low percentage. Anyway, so then we all like take on this Articuno and we tear it a new butthole, and it was fantastic. Wait, why so would you, you want a new Pokemon with a new butthole? Haven't you damaged it? <laughs> tore it a new butthole. <laughs> what, you still want it? So did you have to pay a dollar to get a new raid pass to participate in the raid the second time? Yes, I did have to pay a dollar to participate the Brittany. second time. And I, oh, uh, so we defeated the Articuno. And then at that point, depending on, thank you, on how well you do during the raid and your participation and all that, you get these special white Pokeballs. And th- those are the Pokeballs you get to use when you're trying to catch Pokemon, any Pokemon oh. you defeat after a raid. So you have to defeat the Pokemon at the raid, and then you have to try to catch it. Yeah. So yeah. I only had seven Pokeballs to try to get this dad. Seven white Pokeballs. Seven white Pokeballs to get this Articuno. And I used all of my best items, the golden raspberries, which supposedly make it much easier to catch your Pokemon. Bullshit. Uh, and I lost all seven, and that was it. And it was very sad and disappointing. And they all drove away. They went to another, they went to like a Fred Meyer or something. They were all there as a group. They were like Fred raiding Meyer. all evening. So there are Pokemon Go gang, literal gangs the be- out there. The, yeah, the best catch rate, according to this Euro game article, is 3%. Okay. Yikes. So if that Bye-bye. kid... <laughs> call him kid. Can you bite the... If he, he already has two or three Articunos, that goes to show you how like dedicated he is. Only two or three. Only two or three. But if that kind of percentage of a rate catch, like... Yeah, no, that's crazy. Yeah. He's done that a thousand times. Um, <laughs> but can you buy the white Pokeballs, or do you only get them... I did not see any way to catch the white Pokeballs. I believe the only way you get them is by defeating the Pokemon at the raid. And then you have to use those Pokeballs. God dang. And I I don't know if they transfer over between raids. So if you like, let's say you have seven Pokeballs and then you only take two to, to catch the Pokemon. And then do you get the rest of the five for your next raid? I don't know. Oh, I see what you're but, saying. It yeah, just yeah, yeah. gives you seven balls. Not, not always seven. It's dependent on certain factors. Okay. Anyway. Yeah, uh, I see what you're saying, though. This okay. is too <laughs> difficult. <laughs> well, apparently, uh, according to an article released on Wednesday of this week, um, the developers increased the base capture rate for Articuno and the unreleased legendary birds Zapdos and Moltres, likely to help players catch them during their limited appearances in the game. So apparently this base capture rate, which we talked about being 3%, mm-hmm. has been increased to, I don't know what, to question mark 3.1%. It's now 5%. So, You're welcome. Uh, anyway, <laughs> I'm kind of playing. It hasn't hooked me as much as it did last summer, but I'm enjoying it. It's fun. Uh, Unfortunately, I kind of live in like a rural, I hate that word, rural, 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 rural. area. And so I'm getting all the same Pokemon that I was kind of getting last generation, oh. last summer. Oh, I'm sorry. No. It's now been increased to 3%. It was 2%. Okay. Okay. Oh, so it was 2%. So it's been increased from 2% to 3%. Let okay. me clarify. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> Take your 1% what are you, you doing? Technically, that's a 50% increase. Woo woo. <laughs> uh so that yeah, so I'm back playing Pokemon Go. I have not spent eight hundred dollars. I've spent probably close to like forty. <sighs> but girl, forty forty dollars. I'm enjoying myself. So, yeah, I'm getting a lot of value hey, for that money. She's an adult. She no, she if earned, got the cash. She earns her money. I'm eating ramen every it. night, but it's okay. I haven't what? had ramen in so long. Let's get ramen later. Okay. Damn okay. it. Now I want ramen. Um, so we have been playing some other stuff as well. Something that uh, a few of us have played this week is 
Fortnite. So this is a new game from Epic Games. It is on Xbox One, PS4, and PC. Um, This game has been in development for quite some time. It was originally announced at E3, I believe, five years ago. E3 2012, I think it was. Um, In like a teaser trailer. And then we got to see it at Judges Week um, a year or two after that. And then they kind of went quiet on the game and then bam they're like we're back at e3 2017 and now the game is out you can play it so uh steimer explain a little bit about like what this game is (laughs) um it's a lot it's a lot of different things so uh number one multiplayer game um because andrew and i were playing Brittany doesn't want to play with us so she didn't she went, apparently can't play with us online because she true. has her notifications turned off and she, and puts she her leaves phone her phone in away. another room. So she she's can't just, possibly remedy any of she's these She's in a, 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 like a, a black box in, in her video game. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. You're somewhere playing old games. We're <laughs> <laughs> out playing Pokemon Go. <laughs> Thank you. Exactly. <laughs> um, old game. Yeah, so Andrea and I played Fortnite. And so it's a it's four-player co-op. You each can have a different class that does slightly different things. So I played as a ninja for a little while. Were you mostly soldier? Yes, I was. But I'm really excited about the Outlander class because I like going out and finding stuff. Yeah, that's what I was doing too. So basically, you have your own home base fort. It's a weird game because half the time you are destroying everything in the world because almost everything is... Um, a Minecraft. Mm-hmm. Ish. Very simple, I mean, simple Minecraft. Just in the sense that you build, I guess. Well, no, well, you destroy things and you get resources. But you, you also resources. break things down to get resources right. and then use those resources to go and build things. This is way less complicated than Minecraft, but yes. Um, it has that element, though, is what I'm saying. Yeah, mine. Yeah. Okay. I would say so. Um, because this is, you know, it has, well, maybe maybe just the bit we've played. Maybe it gets more complicated later. Um, so don't quote me on that yet. <laughs> <laughs> but you're you're doing a combination of fighting and building um so it's sort of uh my brain has been a little bit inhibited by the alcohol which was a mistake and i'm sorry for that but tower defense that's the word i was looking there for uh, so it's sort of like that you are defending a position on the map um but before you even get to that you have to like run around grab mm-hmm. stuff you can build um what were those towers we had the like spotlight towers that told us where there's survivors you can go find on these maps there's treasure chests that will just give you the goods because you only have a finite amount of stuff so i ran out of traps at one point uh-oh um i couldn't help you, you seem build like a anything. trap person yeah so this is four player co-op so at the beginning of each mission um you have to scavenge resources. So you use your pickaxe to break down rocks to get stone. You use your pickaxe to break down trees to get wood. You can break down cars to get steel and then nuts and bolts, which will help you craft ammo. Um, and so the steel, the rock, and the wood are like the three basic crafting materials that you use to create your fort. So you can, in order to build your fort... Um, you have to build walls, build floors, build ceilings. And then on these walls and floors and ceilings, you can modify them. So you can make them out of any of these materials. So obviously, wood is the weakest, um, stone is the second weakest, and then steel is the strongest of the materials. So if you make a wall or a floor out of wood and the husks, which are the monsters in the game, when they a- attack, they will easily destroy wood 
more than, say, steel, for example. So you have to be strategic and thoughtful about what materials am I going to scavenge the most of? How do I want to build my fort? Would I rather... Because wood is obviously much more... Um, it's found more plentifully throughout mm-hmm. the map than, say, steel is because that's like a man-made thing. Yeah. So you have to kind of pick and choose how you want to create your fort. And what's interesting about it as from a co-op perspective is that you know these different classes all have different benefits. Like the constructor um, gets a, a discount on spending resources and then the outlander gets a bonus for finding things. Um, the soldier has bonuses for fighting the husks because what happens is is there's a giant storm over the map and at certain points you have this thing called an atlas which is what you need to protect so essentially you have an atlas uh which looks kind of like a an orb with like a it kind of looks like a globe yeah it's always an orb uh like an orb with like a metal ring around it and so you have to build your fort around the atlas to protect it because the husks are trying to come and destroy the atlas and so your whole goal is to kill the husks protect the atlas until the timer runs out in which case you are then like beamed up into space or wherever beam me up scotty um nice and so each level is a little bit different. You don't know which direction at first the husks are going to come from. You have to um, open up your satellite and uh, unlock that. You have to collect these things called blue goo throughout the map. And you use that glue to up- unlock upgrades for your entire team, whether it be a building upgrade or a health upgrade or an energy upgrade because you have stamina in that game. So you can't sprint endlessly. Um, is it for glue example. or glow? Oh, it's glow. Okay. You're right. Yeah. G-L-O. G-L-O. Okay. So thank you for that correction. Got you. Um, and um, it's, you know, it has a very addictive quality to it. And I love tower defense games. And I also love co-op wave-based games like Horde Mode and Gears and other games that do wave-based co-op. And so it's really scratching all of the itches that I really want in that kind of a game. And we haven't really gotten to spend as much time with it at the taping of this podcast as we will have by the time it comes out because um epic games is coming to the studio for an exclusive stream which as i mentioned by the time this video goes live the stream will have happened and we're going to have them in here and ask them a bunch of questions but so far i've been really enjoying my time they have a pretty diverse set of characters from what we've seen there's many different types of uh, characters within each class there's different types of survivor survivors in each class um there's, there's yeah there's a lot of there's stuff a going on it's so a, it's almost like there might be there might be a little too much going yeah on. because you've got the main heroes then you have defenders then you have survivors mm-hmm. and each of these people they're essentially cards right that you can slot into different things right um and each card has a different value um and rarity and all that kind of jazz so I managed to get, I think, I was playing with mostly, like, a blue level card, which is decent, better than, uh, was it green? Gray. Gray, and then green, and then blue. No, no, it's then gray, purple. blue, purple. Isn't it? No. Or maybe I never got green ones. Oh. I think, meh. Meh. It's essentially those colors, in some sort of order. <laughs> colors <laughs> and, like, and every video game, right? I think it's gray, green, blue, purple. I think that's the way it is. Well, I look. liked let her me, a lot. So let me I'm look. say that she's better than she is maybe but um i got this really cool looking character and i called her crash bandicoot but she was like because she had crash in her name uh, and she had like just baller outfit and really rad hair and i was like oh my god she looks so cool i love her and that's who um, you are but then there was another uh person in our party who had maybe you can explain the bear turret so he was able to some my 
specialty as this ninja was a smoke bomb and a double jump, which the double jump was awesome. But this other person had a bear turret, like a bear robot that would come out and it was the coolest thing I've ever seen. And he would just say that he would say lines like, you are not a bear and like just fire like bullets at people. And then he'd be like, there are I bears. Was, I was a bear, but he says this sort of sad. And I'm like, Oh, that makes me like, wait, was he once like a real bear? I don't and know. And they made him into the Terminator. This bear? Guy dark. That's, that's kind the of what Baronator. I, yeah. The, oh, Dun, dun, dun. No, I, I so I played the tutorial and then I did the first mission after that and I played co-op with Jason and it was just the two of us. Sorry, guys. Still love you. No, you don't because you would have played. What did we play? We played Destiny and you were playing with Jason, but you wouldn't play with us. Sorry for spending time with my fiance. You can spend time with him. You live with him. You can spend some time with us. Also, he can play with us, too. Yeah, we can all play together. Done. Okay, now that we got that settled, got continue. that verbal commitment. So anyway, uh, so he and I also played through Orcs Must Die together, and I don't know if anyone else has played that, but it's super. Have you played it? Orcs Must Die too. Uh, no, no, I, we played something. What did we? No, we played a different game no, together. No. You and I, uh, and that one's just pure tower defense and wave after wave. So, and we had a blast playing that together. So this was really fun. Um, like you were saying earlier, though, there's a lot to this game, and I think we spent a few hours with it. And after the end of the few hours, I was completely brain dead because I'm trying to learn all the mechanics and the game doesn't really teach you how to do everything and what everything is for. So I think it's going to require a lot of trial and error, which is totally fine because I think the more you give me to dink around with, the better because that means I can get really strategic with it. And that's really fun when I'm playing with people um, to like collaborate and work on like strategies that work and complement each other. So I'm really excited to play more of it. Um, I think it would be fun for all four of us to play because I think it, was, it supports four squads, four squad mates. Something. Do you like tower defense games, Miss Alexa Ray? No. Oh, okay. But I'll play with you guys. Okay, yay. Um, I just want to say that I was right. There is no green. There's you gray, are... blue, purple, and orange. You're right. I don't know where I thought green. I don't know where I pulled green from. Dun, dun, dun. I'm colorblind. But no, I'm excited to play more and learn the ins and outs. I think it can be a really, really Now look up the bear. The controls are a little interesting. I would say just if you're going to go play Fortnite, just give yourself several, not several, maybe three to four hours before you really feel super comfortable. Maybe not that maybe much. Maybe even longer. Yeah. Um, we're I, still kind of in the tutorial There's just thread. so much happening. So you get, um, you get oh, these also loot boxes. Giant skill trees. Yeah. So the, the, sk- yeah. the skill tree is really confusing. Um, I'm going to have to spend some time really studying it and looking at it because um, I, I do like how when you go to unlock something and it's not unlocked yet, it'll show you where in the skill tree it is and where you need yes. to go. But, I mean, how you get there and why you want to get there is not yet clear to me. And, I mean, we haven't put in, you know, enough time yet for a game that clearly has a lot of deep strategy. But I think that's what's really exciting about the potential for this game is that I can see how many hours and hours and hours I could put into this game and really enjoy it. And the thing that we didn't get a chance to see that I saw previously, I saw a really nice montage video from the team at Epic was just how crazy the building of these forts gets. Because you can build stairs. So imagine what, not even imagine. Look at some of the cool stuff that people have built in games like Fallout. When you're talking about base building and Fallout 4 and building these really incredible structures, you can do stuff like that. I mean, obviously, you're not like decorating them like you did in Fallout. (laughs) But 
imagine building you know like you got the walls and then you can put stairs in and then you can put another level in and then you can you know do really creative things and in building your fort around your atlas and your fort is persistent so every time you build upon your base fort that fort carries with you into like the next mission I didn't know that. That's yeah. exciting. Yeah. yeah, your main base that you name at the beginning, that's yours forever. Would you name your fort, Britt? <laughs> oh. What did you name your fort? Uh, Buttsexville. What? <laughs> Britt? <laughs> Not surprised, but also, what? I also, I you wonder have, if you're going to get moderated. I'm dead. No, not yet. It, don't, it's a story for another time. It, there's a story behind it. It's just a very long story. Somebody have- that we know that plays the game named their base Cumtown. <laughs> and I was like, why do people do these things? We have I awful friends. Redlandia, which I thought was a very nice and semi-clever P-A-G. name. What was it? Redlandia? Redland, her hair's red. Oh. Yeah, that's yes, cute. Red land. Mine's the mansion because I'm Governor Marley and governors God, live in you guys mansions. Are too mature. Oh my god. Well, I'm I am aware that it is an online game and I wasn't sure if other people could see the name of my place, which they can, by the way. So what? So I'm <laughs> I mean as so somebody who's shrug. been a former community manager, I'm very hyper aware of things like you. People like things you. Things like you. <laughs> Let me be me. <laughs> things like things you. Like you. I know, what the hell? It's all right. What the- <laughs> It's okay. <laughs> I'm just going to sip. Take a juice. sip out of that juice. Holy wow. All right. So um, anyway, this game has a lot of potential. Um, we clearly need to put more time in. We can maybe check back in with this game next week or the week after, after we've gotten to play a little bit more. Um, if you guys missed the stream yesterday and you are interested in checking us out uh, checking us play with the dev uh, the dev team I should say um, and you want to learn more about Fortnite we will have the stream archive up on our YouTube channel that's youtube.com slash what's good games um, so I think we kind of maybe need to put a pin in this until we get yeah. a little bit more information and can speak a little bit more authoritatively about our time with Fortnite um, but Alexa Ray you Hello. have been playing Final Fantasy 12 the Zodiac Age yeah so okay yeah hold on that's it my (laughs) all right okay all right compose thyself my disdain for final fantasy 12 is well documented i really (laughs) are unimproduced producer that's my sister's favorite final fantasy is 12 it is it people loved it people loved it like it got it was critically claimed everyone was like this is so freaking great i didn't love it i didn't love it either final fantasy 12 the story is a really like awful, shallow ripoff of Star Wars. I love Star Wars. So like Titanfall 2's campaign. No. Less but Titanfall was less shallow. Theirs yeah. was better. So the thing about Final Fantasy Twelve, Star Wars, it's basically like Princess on the Run. The Empire is the name of the enemy. It's literally the Empire. There is a cloud city. You play, the main character is like, a, I'm going to be something someday, like, guy. There's a Han Solo character. There's a Chewbacca character, except she's a sexy bunny lady. Uh, and that's not a Chewbacca the character. The plot, she's, she's the animal companion. She's a co- is she a co-pilot? Yes. She's his co-pilot. Dang. I was going to blow a hole And she fights with a, a bow and arrow. Chewbacca has the, has the crossbow. It's like the same thing. The game is, a, is Star Wars in a weirdo Final Fantasy skin. And every interview with the developers where people are like, so 
What do you think about people saying it's like Star Wars? The developers are like, we were unaware of Star Wars. Yeah, fucking right. Oh, what, what, you no, were that unaware. Never you were unaware you of Star Wars. Be, no, so, there's no one on planet Earth that is unaware. unaware of Star Wars unless they just were born yesterday. So, like, maybe, literally, they, like, they probably the know in the last 24 hours. Maybe they don't know. <laughs> Babies are born these days and their parents go, let me tell you about the Star Wars. Like, that's, <laughs> here's a Star Wars onesie. <laughs> it's Star Wars blankets. Let me tell you about Han Solo and Chewbacca. So, it's a, it's a, it's a skin of Star Wars and like, okay, that's great. I didn't, all the characters, I feel like were very shallow and weird. And, um, and I did not like the systems. Like, I love that the game implemented some really difficult boss battles. I am a, I'm a sucker for boss battles. I love them. Uh, but it had a system called the Gambit system in which you could set it up so that all of your characters had an automated response to running into an enemy. So they would automatically attack, automatically use certain spells depending on the elements of the enemy or whatever. If an ally fell below a certain health percentage, they would automatically cure them. Like you could set them up to do that. And the way that this was set up uh, the way that you set up the skills of your characters was a license board, which I hated. Uh, you couldn't equip anything, learn anything without a license. You needed a license to wear a hat. That's not a good game to me. <laughs> you you couldn't wear a hat without a license. A you had to get the hat license if you wanted to wear a hat. This so is anyway, amazing. So anyway, it, and it was a giant, and it was a board, like a big, like a like a like a chessboard where you just you know you claimed a tile for individual characters, and anyone could learn anything. So anyone could have white magic and use swords and wear hats and do whatever. <laughs> so, so you, so you could, you could, and I, and I have done it and many people, um, played it the same way. You could set it up where everyone was a tank or everyone was a healer or everyone was a, was a support or whatever. And you would send them into battle as you were running and you could let the game, you could literally put the controller down, walk away, pet your cat, go eat dinner, do whatever you have to do. And they would automatically fight based on the circumstances that you set up in those gambits. So you didn't have to play them. You could set it up for giant boss battles so that you weren't sitting there grinding away, making your decisions on the fly. And it's all real time. It's not turn-based. So you could just walk away and let it fight these big battles for you. And I didn't really like that because I play these games because I want that strategy. Mm -hmm. I want to feel like I'm going up against impossible odds. And if the game can literally like circle jerk itself, I'm not (laughs) into it. We used to set it up. So after every battle, I played this game with a friend and we would set it up so everyone would automatically hear each other, heal each other after every battle. And we called it the Kirkle jerk, the circle jerk of cure. (laughs) So... We had, really? we had Kierkel it set up. Jerk. The Kierkel jerk. Yeah. So we set it up so that literally it's no fail, nothing, nothing. Final Fantasy XII, and I, and I played Final Fantasy XII to 100% completion. I got the stupid Zodiac Spear. I fought Zodiac, the ultimate optional boss. I did everything, and I still went, eh. So a version of the game came out in Japan uh, called, it was the International Job Class System version, and we never got it until now. That's what this HD remake is. And Final Fantasy XII is set in the world of Ivalice, which is the world of Final Fantasy Tactics, most notably. And they implemented, in Final Fantasy XII, the Zodiac Age in North America, a job class system where instead of having access to that entire license board, every character you have to commit to a job, and they have to stick with it and level it up, and then later in the game you can pick and equip a second job, like a secondary job, kind of like how you do in Bravely Default, where you have the main job and the sub job. And I no longer, and I've been playing it, and I no longer can blindly just circle jerk my way through these games. <laughs> I have to sit there and make decisions on the fly. The gambits no longer can just carry you through. You have to actually think about it. And in some of the bigger boss battles, not being able to have 
all these tanks just hitting at once because you've picked certain jobs for certain people and you can't switch them to all being tanks just for this one battle. I had to pick and choose my uh, my party carefully in who I used. And it's added a little bit more... You, ha- you have to pay attention more. And the thing that I disliked the most about Final Fantasy XII's gameplay has been rectified for me by implementing this job class system. So I think I'm going to play Zodiac Age all the way through and try all those optional bosses and finish it because I actually... This game to me actually feels like the Final Fantasy games that I know and love and not this weird Star Wars ripoff that masturbated when I walked away from it. <laughs> so many sexual references. I mean, I'm, I mean, I don't understand why that had to happen. It's, it's, it's good. And if you haven't played Final Fantasy 12 yet, this is the version you want to play. I think this is the version you want to play. And if you have played Final Fantasy 12 and you walked away feeling eh, like I did and it sounds like you did, you would recommend replaying it. Uh-huh. Fresh mind. Just go into it. Okay. Fresh what? mind. That's ignore it. Ignore the weird, the weird Star Wars ripoff. How do you think the people that really love the game are going to feel about it? So I've talked to a bunch of people. I have a bunch of friends back home that loved Final Fantasy XII. They love it, love it, love it. And they feel similarly like they got, um, they feel like they got an in, like the same game, but an entirely new game. Like it's one small tweak where it just limits what you can do with your with your jobs and what you can have each character do. So it makes the gameplay almost entirely new. The tweak is just enough of a tweak that it makes it feel fresh. So I have friends back home that are replaying the whole game from start to finish, and they love it, and they love playing it this way. Like the same people that play a game like Fire Emblem on normal and then on hardcore difficulty where there's permadeath. You play that same game two different ways, and you get two entirely different experiences and an entirely different challenge. So they're really liking it. I feel better about it about the gameplay i'm still kind of really annoyed about the story (laughs) but i guess i can deal with sexy bunny chewbacca um she is sexy though to deal with she's very hot she's very hot they rendered her butt so lovingly it's like the most lovingly crafted butt i've ever seen in the final fantasy series (laughs) um does she squat though yeah she's wearing like eight inch heels Oh, her God. foot's like this. Oh wow! I don't understand. So she squats like every day. On, um, on just that's part of the meals. fantasy of it all. Everyone in the Final, Final Fantasy, Fantasy squats. Fantasy of it all. Everyone squats. Final squat fantasy. Everybody squats in Final <laughs> Fantasy games. Um, but it's you know I'm I'm liking it. I like I love Final Fantasy Tactics. It's one of my favorite games ever because you have that job class system and having that in this game is really nice. And also it just looks better than it did in 2006. Um, one of the characters has these abs or whatever, and then. And, and in, the previous, in the previous game, they looked like they were airbrushed on. Like, they very much looked like they were just, like, someone did, like, a little airbrush. PlayStation And now too. the, the abs on. look generally a little more like abs. Some shadows. Some sha- the shadowing is really, the, sh- the shadowing looks really nice. Um, okay. Also, like, as much as I hated the story, that world, the world of Ivelisse and the environments and everything are very beautiful. It's a very pretty thing to look at. And they did a really good job remastering it. And they also reorchestrated, like, most of the soundtrack. That soundtrack, for as much as I didn't like the game, is one of the better Final Fantasy soundtracks in the series. Okay. And it just sounds really excellent in this new version. So if you haven't played Final Fantasy XII yet, play this version. Um, I'm going to try and play it through to completion and see how I feel about some of those bigger, shittier boss battles with this new system. So, yeah. All right. Well, that sounds excellent. Um, Does it? (laughs) (laughs) Play it with me. Play it with me. With conviction. Play a Final Fantasy you know game with me. how I feel about Final Fantasy. I know, but I don't want you to play with me. 
Okay. She'll play with us in multiplayer, Final I'll, Fantasy 15. Oh, yeah, Christ. let's go on a, a leg of a quest together. <laughs> let's just drive around. But how many car? legs? Three. <laughs> three legs. Three-legged race. Up to three legs. Um, I will play Final Fantasy with you at some point. Play with me. Very non-committal answer. Um, yep. So, um, we probably should wrap this segment up. It's been very long, but I know that both Brit and Steimer have... <laughs> um, a couple other games. Did you want to talk about Kingswain's Platoon 2? You want to wait and play more? I will talk wait. About next I want to play more before I discuss. Yeah, I've only gotten to play um, a few hours of the single player. So yeah, I'll, I'll definitely wait okay. on that. But So we will talk about those next week. We, you will hear about Splatoon 2 and Kingsway. That is from Adult Swim Games. Um, so we are going to close out segment number two and head in to segment number three. When we come back, stick with us. We'll be right back. everybody what happened she ate fruit wrong <laughs> be careful fruit can be dangerous okay it's um, dangerous to go alone when you eat fruit is it, yes take this piece of fruit um <laughs> okay so this is the third segment of the show and in true fashion it kind of you know free flows it changes week to week and this week uh we got a couple pieces of uh reader mail that we wanted to go over um if you guys ever want to reach out to us talk to us about something we said on the show ask us a question maybe bring up a topic that you would like to hear us discuss um you know let us know you can email us at contact at whatsgoodgames.com you can also write to us on any of the social media platforms that we are on so that's twitter facebook Instagram. Uh, you can also go directly to our website at whatsgoodgames.com. Um, so please do, you know, reach out. Let us know what you're up to, what, what you think of the show. So um, Melina wrote to us uh, after we discussed on the show last week about the different ways to communicate in-game. Steimer and I were talking specifically about communicating in a public space in MMOs in relationship to Destiny 2, the beta that we were playing. And so she wrote in to us to kind of add something to the conversation. So I'm going to read her letter. It says, Hi, gals. First off, let me say that I absolutely love the show, and I was so excited when this awesome union was announced. I've followed Christine and Alexa for a while now, and it's been wonderful getting to know Brittany and Andrea through the show. It's definitely one of the highlights of my week. In the last week's episode, there was some talk about Destiny and voice chat, and I'd like to add a little to the conversation. Smiley face. When I was a little girl, I was diagnosed with broker's aphasia. I can understand speech, read, and write easily. However, my ability to speak is basically non-existent. I grew up a PC gamer. 
an EverQuest was my bridge into online gaming. Mm. It may seem strange, but that experience was one of the first times in my life where I was able to communicate with other people in real time without improvisational sign language. Most people don't know ASL and fewer still have the patience to deal with it. This led me to love MMOs. The freedom to speak, in quotations, to people was something I've never experienced before. Of course, things changed, and with World of Warcraft and the rise of programs like Ventrilo and TeamSpeak, my inclusion began to shrink. Luckily, I made a group of friends that stuck with me through new games, including shooters. I can shift tab to Steam Chat faster than some people can hit their push-to-talk key. The reason for all this clunky exposition is to say that I love when games or game overlays give me the option of being able to quickly text chat. Sometimes built-in functionality like Overwatch isn't quite detailed enough or what I need to say at the moment to be part of the team. One game that does this exceptionally well on console is Final Fantasy XIV. It has traditional PC-style chat window that can be easily accessed. When highlighted, you can quickly select phrases from nice to meet you to have stuff to do gotta go to defeat this one first with a few presses of l1 r1 and x they even auto translate to english french japanese and german depending on the player's language setting i think it's the best example of a chat system on console and i really hope more games take a look at it for inspiration thanks for taking the time to read this mail i appreciate all the hard work you guys have done to create what's good games thank you and i hope to be listening for many years to come we do too melina that was really insightful yeah. So this is a really interesting um, piece of mail that she sent. And it's interesting from on a couple different perspectives. First, thank you for sharing, you know, your condition with us and your experience with that condition. I think a lot of times when we think about, you know, gamers that have disabilities or handicaps of some kind, we don't necessarily really think about what that means in a practical space. Uh, sense. I've had the pleasure of working with Steve Spawn and Mark Bartley at the the crew at Able Gamers, which is a fantastic charity that does work to help get video games into the hands of people or the feet or the mouths, uh, whatever they are playing with or are able to play with um, using non-traditional input methods. And, you know, they help people game and their motto is so everyone can game and i think that she and her condition kind of speak to a community that maybe has been underserved strike that not maybe they have been underserved so thank you for highlighting this and bringing this to light because we have friends of ours that develop video games and that work at publishers and developers that listen to the show and hopefully at least one of them if not more of them have heard your story and say hey Maybe that's something that we haven't contemplated putting in our game. Maybe we should put in easier push-to-text options in our game. And that's something that, Steimer, you said that you were lacking in Destiny. Yeah, absolutely. And obviously, I have a different reasoning for it. But I do think that it's a it's a great option. It's something that if you aren't necessarily comfortable going into voice chat with people you don't know, having... Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, a variety of good options is is great. Like I liked, I loved her example of a game that did it well um, because I haven't really touched Final Fantasy fourteen, but I've heard a lot of good things about it. Uh, this just being another, so I'm like, kind of like maybe I should have played that game. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean absolutely. I think that you know, there's definitely more people making bigger strides into ways for people to communicate in game but there's still you know a ways to go you know Britt how do you prefer to communicate or what's the easiest way for you to communicate when you're playing you know a public or MMO style game uh I don't I you just don't talk to people at all no I I 
No, I, she so, doesn't play those games. <laughs> no, no, I do. I've played. Okay. I've played. I wasn't sure if you were saying you don't like. I just don't play those games. No, or no, I no. So I mean, I've played Destiny. I've played World of Warcraft. I've played Guild Wars. I've played Final Fantasy fourteen. I've done a lot of the online games, and uh, I think maybe you and I kind of feel the same. Like, it's not that I don't want to talk. It's just I also kind of don't want to talk at the same time. It's like I want to participate and I want to be able to hold conversations, but I don't want to actually have to speak to them. I don't like that pressure. Um, I make sure I turn off voice chat whenever I can. I think is Fort does Fortnite have voice chat? I don't know. We were using Discord. You were so using we, Discord. Yeah, there's know. text chat. It was because we were playing with people who were both on PC and PS4 because there was crossplay okay. in that game. Well, the the point, real reason we did Discord is because my headset's broken. Well, the, the point I was making is <laughs> that, like that also. I was trying to save you from <laughs> having to say that. first thing I do is I always make sure because it gives me a sense of, I don't get anxious, but it almost gives me, I think, what I'll call anxiety because I just the pressure of like having to hold a conversation and talk to people I don't know. So long uh, answer to your question is I typically try not to. I prefer to stay anonymous and uh, just kind of enjoy my experience. And I don't like the feeling of being like judged or pressure or any of that sort of thing. What about you, Alexa? Um, I stopped playing online multiplayer games entirely because my friends kept muting me. What? What? Your friends kept muting you? Friends quote or real friends? You know me. I'm like a chatty, like whatever. Chatty Kathy? Chatty Kathy. And I like, you know, derping around and whatever. And my friends, I found out the last time I played an online game was with friends back home. We played the first Star Wars Battlefront. And like Palpatine came in the room and I hadn't seen him yet in the game. And I was like freaking out. I was like, oh my God, Palpatine's here. You know, I'm weird and whatever. And I'm like talking to them or whatever. And they just muted me. That's sad. Those were and I was like, friends. guys, what the hell? Yeah. So I don't really, I don't really play many online multiplayer games anymore. So I don't really have the opportunity to like chat with anyone. I'm a lone wolf. But now. that's what like, but the world has abandoned me, so I've abandoned it. <laughs> 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 the sadness aside, um, the thing that I'd mentioned though before is like for me text chat is a more accessible version for people i don't know so would mm-hmm. you like agree with that i'm assuming you wouldn't yeah, rather I you wouldn't want to hop into chat. voice no 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 i used to yeah. only do when i played online games i only used text chat i would just prefer like not to use voice chat and also it was just easier for me to 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 type than it was to speak because everyone's always talking over each other most of the time so that was the easier route. But yeah. yeah, you know, text chat is definitely my preferred method of communication as well. Clearly, any female out there who listens to this show, including the females in this room, who have gone into voice chat in an online PvP or even a PvE space have experienced some form of unpleasantness. I'll leave it at that. Mm-hmm. Um by by being in a voice chat. I mean, even us when we were streaming Friday the thirteenth the other day or a couple weeks ago. Is there a girl in here? There was Are you a girl. I mean, it was not only that, but there were really young people in, I was in the chat. In the chat. And sometimes it gets a little it gets a little weird. Mm-hmm. You know, having that inter- interaction with, with other people, like voice to voice without I mean having to have eye contact. You know, right. being able to read body language and kind of connect those things together. And that's where text chat can really make it a little bit smoother. Mm-hmm. And one of the games obviously that I play a lot of that has text chat options is Paragon. A lot of people who play that play on pc that also has pc and ps4 crossplay and when you're in the lobby you can pretty much chat whatever you want i mean epic has censored a bunch of words so if you put up something that's on the censored list it just comes up as heart emojis which i think is kind of funny <laughs> oh, that's cute. um nice. but in game there's like quick 
text chat options. There's like a menu of, of stuff. And it kind of makes it, you know, a little bit more, more enjoyable to be, be able to communicate with your team. But it also can be really terrible if someone keeps spamming good job, good job, good job, good job when you make a mistake. And it's like, hey, GG. Oh. No, like it literally says good job with an exclamation point. Wow, that's rude. It's generally, you're spo- generally you're supposed to use that when somebody makes like a, a great kill or a nice support move or something. But let's say like you get a teammate killed or you get yourself killed or you let a tower go down or something and someone uses it sarcastically. Like, the world is a terrible place. It can place. turn on you pretty quickly. Right. And that's just it. Like I like to play video games to escape and unwind, not deal with a-holes that are going to abuse the, the text or whatever system yeah. it is they have in place. So well, that's uh, why I don't play online games. Yeah. I, I cloister myself in the dark. But there, <laughs> there is good out there. I of course. to tell people that because like that, you know, and I talk about it a lot, but I do think Guild Wars 2 has one of the nicer communities around. There's obviously toxic people. There are toxic people everywhere. Um, but I found them just everybody there is super willing to help you if you ask a question. Yeah. I mean, of course, there's good everywhere. You know, it's just well. sometimes, you know, you don't want to <laughs> deal with the bullshit. No, it's true. Sometimes it's it's hard to have faith that you're going to have a positive experience after having a negative one. You know, there's kind of like the the old adage that like 10 compliments don't, you know, outweigh one, you know, insult. Mm-hmm. And that that negative remark will stay with you even after you get lots and lots of positive feedback. The the negative thing just somehow just never leaves you, which is, you know, unfortunate about the way that we communicate with each other as a species. Um but I, you know, I love, you know, Melina's story and how it gives us a new perspective on in-game chat and gives props to games that do it well. And hopefully we'll see more games that have PvP elements and use voice chat as an option to maybe provide more text options for people who who can't speak and who want to have that voice and want to be part of the team. And, you know, I think it's really great that she gave us a couple that were really great. So if you also have these issues, you know, maybe, you know, you can check out Overwatch. You can check out final fantasy 14 um or you can check out paragon um and maybe destiny 2 on the pc version will implement some better chat options they better otherwise that's a total missed opportunity and i don't know what they're doing yeah well we'll have to wait and see Uh, another piece of reader mail comes from scott he says hello what's good peeps my question for you is this are there any video games that you only dig out under certain circumstances? For example, whenever I was sick as a child, I was I would always end up playing Harvest Moon for some reason. Any similar examples from the host? Games you play when you're sad, you're mad, you're sick, over the moon? Love the show. Thanks, Scott. Ah, Thank you, Scott. Um, so this is an interesting question. Uh, Britt, you clearly have something to, to, to no, say. As, as you're reading that, I was thinking, and whenever there's like a lot going on or it's a stressful time in my life, Harvest Moon, uh, nowadays, Story of Seasons, is always my go-to game as well. Because everything in that game is just so damn happy. There's nothing bad going on. It's just you and your farm and your animals and your freaking crops <laughs> and the person you're trying to woo. And that's your life. And it's happy music. It's always like cheerful and bright. And uh, that's definitely the game that if there's anything ever going on, it's like, I want to escape. That's the game I go to. Good choice. Skolt. Skolte. Steimer? Um, for the most part, with his um, reference to being sick, if I'm sick, I don't play games. I watch TV. Really? I Because I usually... Need something passive. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, exactly. For me, games are too can be too active. If I, especially, you know, it depends on how I'm sick. But for the most part, I just tend to not even... I watch Gilmore Girls. On repeat. 
which is what <laughs> but like for, so you, and, how many times have you watched the series front to back you don't want to admit it i don't know or you don't know i don't know and i don't necessarily watch them front to back i like to skip around okay um so i usually just pull it up on netflix and be like yeah that episode you know like kind of russian roulette it <laughs> just see where i land uh but yeah so for me if i'm feeling ill i usually go to passive entertainment um if i'm feeling stressed or whatever a, a good relaxation game that i like is very similar to harvest moon viva pinata i knew it um now that being said i don't tend to even necessarily like i don't know i'm not a person who i'm like i'm stressed out i'm gonna go play a game like that's just not what happens in my in my brain if I'm stressed, again, I tend to go towards more passive. If I was going to play a game, it would be something Harvest Moon, Stardew Valley, or Viva Pinata. But that's not usually where I default. I usually default towards watching something that feels familiar, like old movies that I really enjoy, My Cousin Vinny, one of my favorites, like that kind of stuff. Hmm. And then I feel better. And then I can, I can go play games again. What about you, Alexa Ray? Oh my god. This question, I saw it on the docket before we recorded today, and I went into my like super deep thinking hole. Well, if you need another minute. No, no, no. I I totally good. So <laughs> I tend to gravitate towards the same video game when when I'm when I just feel like nothing. I don't want to say when I feel like nothing is like going right, but when I'm just having a tough time in general. Mm-hmm. As an example, I've had like a really weird year. I found out I had like an immune disorder and that's why I'm getting sick all the time. I have an in- recurring injury that's like keeping me down from certain things. I got laid off in the spring and I've just been like, oh man, this is like really awful. And for the past like 10 or so years, I would always go back to the same game because no matter what happened in in my life, I know I could go somewhere else to escape to another world that was infinitely weirder, dumber, and in cases shittier, that would help me sort of reorder the pieces of my actual life life and just clear my head so I can come back to reality, I guess, with a more like, okay, this isn't so bad. How do I tackle this attitude? And that game is Final Fantasy X-2. Really? Which is weird. <laughs> I was not expecting that. I, I know. Um, I played that game at a time in my life when I was just, I was like 14 or whatever. I was just discovering who I was as a young adult. So like the Alexa now like started blossoming, unfortunately, when she started playing Final Fantasy X, which is kind of sad, but also weird. I don't know. Um, so I, 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 I played that game and that's been through playing that game. I was, you know, going through that transitionary period where you go from being like a kid to like a teenager, teenager. And I was thinking about, you know, the life ahead of me and like making the friendships that would stick with me for the rest of my life and figuring out what I wanted to do with my life and like what kind of work I wanted to do or go to college, all of that. So that that game for me at that time was my escape from, okay, I don't want to think about this right now. Everything is going weird. I want to go somewhere that's infinitely weirder and kind of weird and I can just lose myself in it. And I think the reason that I keep returning to it over 10 years is because I know what to expect at this point. I know where to get the secret treasures. I know where to get the weird mascot outfit. I know what boss battle is coming. I know how to defeat them. I've played it so many times that to me, it is like it is like walking through a dance. I know what to expect and I know what's going to be there waiting for me on the other side. But it's something I can semi shut off while I play it, but still enjoy. And when I come out, I can be like, okay, I've been, I've done this thing. It's like, 
like working out. It's like a cathartic couple mm-hmm. hours mm-hmm. and I can go back to the real world and say, okay, I'm not, you know, changing outfits in the middle of the street and I'm not fighting giant monsters and like all my friends aren't like totally fucked up and weird. So I can <laughs> do this and I can get, get into my shit and solve my problems. So to clear my head and mm-hmm. to, to just make myself feel better when I feel like, oh, I can't deal with this anymore. I play Final Fantasy X too. So was it more of an escape or more of a this world is far shittier than my current world? Or did you <laughs> resonate with anything in the game? Like, what was it's, it? It's a little bit of a little bit of both. The familiarity of this other world is what I guess. And I know how to I know how to work that world mm-hmm. here. You know, in the real world, everything, you know, is unexpected. Things get thrown at you. There I know how everything works. I know exactly what I have to do. So I go and I complete my missions and I go, okay, I did it. I know I can do it here. I guess I can do it here. Also, that world is just super freaking weird. That story is so bad. I really hated the story intent to. I thought it was bizarre and weird. Um, but I identify with the main character, Yuna, in sort of that she was she runs around solving everyone else's problems and sort of puts her in this situation of like, I'm going to put off what I have to deal with which is the loss of, you know, this person I love and my world is totally changing. I'm just not going to deal with it. And I'm going to go hand out hand out balloons to children and fight giant monsters and play chess for hours, which is kind of like what you do in that game. Um, And I just like that idea. And I, you know, I can't get on like an airship now and like go do it here. But (laughs) I like that. I like that that game is bizarre and simple and I know what to expect from Mm. it. So it's sort of like it's like my meatloaf of video games. So if I had if I had been any other game at the time that you had played, would that game be Final Fantasy X two to you? So do you think it was just a coincidence, or do you think it was the game itself? Like that's what I'm wondering. You know, I don't really know. I think it was just the perfect storm of both. Because another game that I replayed around that time that also I dig out when I'm like, I just need something to get me through today is I play Final Fantasy nine. <gasps> because you. that game is I, I I play that I play that game in chunks because that story is. <laughs> Yeah, it's just, it's like, I, I know what to expect. I know where to get all the stuff. I know, I know, you know, when I can go to the swamp early and get Quinna and everything's going to be okay. Um, I gravitate towards those single player story games just because it's something that I've done before and I know I can do. And it's like, again, you don't, I don't have to really think too hard about mm-hmm. it, but I can still enjoy it because I enjoy that story. So it's like my comfort food, I guess. Yeah, that makes sense. That's a very long-winded story. And I know you weren't expecting me to say Final Fantasy X, too, because that game is bizarre. <laughs> what about you? Mine is not nearly as intense as Alexa's. <laughs> um, so I travel a lot for work. Like, a lot. Um, and so I'm on planes all the time. And I don't always want to bring, like, my 3DS or I used to bring my Vita. But I do bring my iPad pretty much on every single flight that I go on. And the one game that I only play on my iPad in an airplane is Candy Crush. Now, I <laughs> resisted Candy Crush for a really long time. I was like, I'm not playing that. That's a garbage free-to-play game. I don't want to play this game. But man, it is so addicting. Now, I get why they've made billions of dollars with this <laughs> it's game. It's a good way to occupy your brain. So here's, at, at its core, it's a very simple match three mechanic. But what they've done so fantastically is they've utilized the swipe mechanics with sounds and like the getting the stripy candy and then being able to like get the... It's every, like Vegas. It is. In the sense that, you know, like you're always searching for that elusive chocolate ball because that'll like solve all of your problems until it <laughs> doesn't solve all? your problems. <laughs> um, and 
I just, there's something about that game that is just, I don't want to say mind numbing, but it just is something you can do while doing other things. And it's okay. Like I'll listen to music or I'll like have a, a, a movie on if there's like a, a screen on the flight and I can, I can still play Candy Crush while I'm doing that. And it's something I only do in an airplane. I don't play it in the airport like before I get on the plane. I don't play it at home. Uh, John plays it at home on the couch a lot. How dare um, he? Is that no, because you're fine. embarrassed? Why do you only no, play it on the airplane? I, I don't know. I think it's because I, I have it downloaded on my phone um, and I have played it like a couple of times when I've been waiting in line for things. But um, I'm, I'm not a person that plays games in the bathroom. I know a lot of pl- people play games on their phone on the shitter. Like, that's fine. That's cool for you. I just, it's not my thing. Um, it takes your mind off the task at hand. Yeah. <laughs> Should be difficult. Yeah. I'm more of like a get in, get out kind of person. Yeah, me too. I don't, I don't let it simmer. Like, you know? I don't, I don't linger. I'm not gonna, I'm not What's good? pooping habits um, let's go poops <laughs> but so i only play like uh, on an airplane and i now have downloaded um candy crush soda saga i think it's called um soda crush or something the other so- the one with the sodas um <laughs> candy crush soda shit and my problem though is that i get to the point where i want to spend money but then because i'm in flight i can't get access to the internet and i have never brought myself to pay for the wi-fi just to get into the microtransactions (laughs) i did that once for double whammy to your wallet no it is i did that once for hearthstone and i admitted it publicly on twitter and someone was like why didn't you just spend the money that you paid for wi-fi on buying like card packs and i was like that actually is (laughs) that's a fair point you made there sir so so do you think it's kind of like comfort food for your flight it's just something you've become accustomed to doing is that why no i think it more is that like it's so consistent i know that i can do it and i know that it'll occupy my time and it's something that i can do during takeoff during landing because you can always have your you know your mobile device out and it's just always there and the game just never changes i mean they make updates to the game obviously but i'm not that very far like some people are like really deep into that game um and i just like once my lives run out I switch over to the soda version. And then once my lives are not there, if like my time hasn't, you know, refilled anything, then I just, I put it down until, you know, for like another hour or so. And then I pick it back up once the lives have regenerated and I keep going until they run out again. And then that's it. I'm done. And then I, once the flight's over, I put it away. And then I don't think about it until I get back on an airplane where I pull out the iPad and I start playing Candy Crush again. I don't know why I only play it on airplanes, but it's very soothing. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's just like something simple that you can do to pass the time. And you're a big Tetris fan. Yes. So you kind of like these sorts of things. Yes. And I probably should play Tetris on my Mm -hmm. iPad instead because they now have a variety of different Tetrises you can get for for mobile. But but yeah, there's just – Tetris I feel like it's not something that you can – I mean, I mean, obviously you can just press pause and step away from it, but because it feels like there, unless you're playing endless mode in Tetris, like there's still like set levels. Candy Crush doesn't really feel like that. I feel like I can walk away from that level at any point and it's fine. I mean, strategically, you shouldn't do that because of the way that lives regenerate, but like, and they're time-based, but you know, you could. <laughs> I don't know. Ah, I've never played, so it's very uh, You've never once tried Candy Crush? No, I've resisted. I haven't either. Yes. Have you played any match three game? Yeah. No. Have you you never tried puzzles and dragons? No. Um, well, Whoa. you might like that actually. Yeah. 
There's <laughs> actually a lot more RPG strategy in a, in a game like that. Um, and then Marvel Puzzle Quest is supposed to be pretty good as well. I've downloaded it, but again, it's another game that you need an internet connection or a mobile signal to be to play. So, well, maybe once I finish one of the ten games I'm currently juggling. Well, can you can try. borrow my copy of, of Puzzle and Dragons if you want. Um, puzzles and Dragon or Dragon and Puzzles? I think it's Puzzle and Dragons. It's so <laughs> Dragons plural. I always get it wrong. Definitely right. plural dragons. I'm not you sure. Want, puzzles. You puzzle want and dragons. Mini puzzle dragons. and dragons. Um, so, yeah. Puzzle so, and dragons. So, thank you very much um, for your question. Um, Scott, we appreciate when you guys write to us, um, whether you communicate on social media or you or you email us. We really appreciate you guys taking the time to reach out and, and, and talk to us. So, um, ladies, I think that's probably going to do it for this week's show. Um, next week we will be back all four of us, right? No one's out of town. Somebody's nope. out of town. No, nope. no, we're all here. Wow, yeah, fantastic. That's yeah. lovely. With summer travel, it sometimes is a little bit um, confusing and difficult. But uh, once again, I want to remind you, since it is the end of the month, it's not too late to get in for next month's Patreon exclusives. If you guys want to be part of our Patreon community, we would love to have you. It's patreon.com slash what's good games. It helps us bring the show to you every week without our amazing patrons. Uh, patrons? Patrons. That's patrons. the word. Patrons. Patrons. <laughs> uh, we wouldn't be here. So thank you so much for everyone who is contributing. Um, we love you. Uh, Alexa Ray, where can people find you these days? You can find me on the internet everywhere could you mostly. be a little bit more specific twitter at alexa ray c i'm at i'm at alexa ray on instagram i keep getting tagged by rando people who are trying to tag the there's a porn star that shares a name as me and she didn't get the at alexa ray and i keep getting tagged and people are trying to tag her stop use it how they are. all press is good press stop tagging me i am not a no <laughs> also you can go to amazon.com type my name buy my book thanks <laughs> uh you can find me on facebook twitter YouTube, am I missing anything? Uh, at Blonde Nerd and BlondeNerd.com. Yeah, you you had the ability to get your name everywhere. My name is not Blonde Nerd. Well, your branding name. <laughs> I know, Shut I, it. You're, you're going to tell your salty Steimer story <laughs> no, about how some uh, German guy. Yeah, well, yeah. But uh, <laughs> I'm Kay Steimer on Instagram. Steimer everywhere else. How dare they? Lovely. Um, the best place... <laughs> The best place to follow me is at Andrea Renee on Twitter. That's where I put the bulk of my updates. You can also watch me um, with um, the Kind of Funny folks on Kind of Funny Games Daily. That is, uh, I'm there twice a week. You can get that on Twitch or on YouTube.com slash Kind of Funny Games. We also would love it if you could subscribe to What's Good Games podcast on podcast services. Again, I mentioned that at the top of the show and I'm going to mention it again at the bottom. It just takes a second. Even if you don't listen to the show audio only if you watch the video it would really help us out so um thank you once again that's gonna do it for us have a great weekend everybody we'll see you next week